Show Up with Cameron Grant is a show done by someone else who's going through his own mental health journey, sharing the tips that have helped him along the way. Just note, he is not a licensed therapist. If you or a loved one are struggling, try reaching out to a friend or a family. And if that's not possible and you need help today, the other option you can do is you can call the crisis hotline at 651-266-7900. And there'll be someone there to help you with whatever you're going through. With that, let's begin the show. Hello, everyone. I've been doing a lot of videos about mindfulness and things re revolving around mental health. And I decided instead of making all these little videos, I would rather focus it in and do one podcast about it. A year ago, I was in a bad mental state. And so I checked myself into a program called a Partial Hospitalization Program. Through that program, I learned all these skills um, that are called DPT. When I was there, they gave us this manual and we learned all these skills that I realized I don't understand why they're not more available for everybody to learn. Not a therapist. I'm just going to highlight the skills of DBT through different movies I'm going to watch every week and then I'll pause and talk about different moments of the film that I like and I want to challenge as well as just point out how like these skills can help you to be better in your mind. So let's begin. What movie are we going to do today? Well it's a very interesting question and today's movie is not provided by myself. It was actually a recommendation by my good friend Anthony Rouse. I was struggling um, a month ago when I was trying to start this uh, with figuring out what movie I wanted to do for mindfulness because there's so much to cover and I didn't want to do like all of it in one go. There's different sections of the DBT manual and I just want to go with like one section at a time, like one step. And so he was like, well, the step that you're on, mindfulness, this movie that I really love called The Seventh Seal. Um, it's in black and white. It's a Swedish film, which I'm like, of course I have to watch it now because I'm a low-key Swedish. I don't know why it's low-key. It's not on the down low, you know. I'm Swedish, so I was like, oh, okay, so I'll be watching my heritage and then I'll be doing homework for for my podcast. So that's the movie we're going to do. And the skill we're talking about and what I'm going to highlight is called mindfulness. What mindfulness is for all you guys out there is basically staying present in the moment. Because when you're present in the moment, what it allows for you to do is it stops you from allowing like your brain from taking you to places that leave you in this depressive state. And when you're in the present, you're just like, we allow what's happening now to affect us. And then if something happens and we're flaring up with our emotions, we allow it to come in and then like allow it to have it it's time, but like set a timer and like, or it'll just be like, okay, we're, we have to get through this. I'm at a peak right now, but I need to stay in the moment and not allow these like other anxiety, depressive thoughts to take over me. So like, let's give it five minutes. And after five minutes, that's time for us to move on, which was very helpful for me. My unfinished, you can practice. It's a very huge thing in like yoga and like meditation. Meditation does help. And so does like sounds like rain sounds and like beaches and white noise. I use these mostly to sleep because it helps my brain stay less active at night, which is annoying, by the way. It's annoying when you're trying to go to sleep because you have to work tomorrow and then like you're like 20 minutes into almost sleeping and then your brain's like, we gotta talk a lot. What are you, what are you trying to go to sleep for? It's time to talk, 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 talk. And you're like, um, I understand that you have a lot of things that you wanted to go over from the day, but I need to sleep. Can we like, no, can we stop? And then they're like, well, the television's on. You're obviously watching this very entertaining sitcom. So why are you trying to go to sleep? If I, if the television's up, I up. So I'm like, you know what? You're right. Let's put on something that's meant to soothe us, to calm us so that we can go to sleep. And that little anxiety chatter can just go, 
okay, bye-bye, we're sleeping for now. As I said, I have a DBT manual I'm working through. I kind of went over a little bit of examples that I was using, but you're, it's basically that wave I'm talking about. It's like, you don't judge yourself ever for having an emotion. You allow it to come and then allow it to go like the wave on a beach. Without that judgment, it usually allows us to process things faster. A lot of times when we, um, we're not attached to the present moment and that's why it, it feels like our depression is all consuming because we're like always in these future or past events, never in the present. So like it doesn't feel real to us and really all we can control is the present. Those are the things I'm going to be exploring in this movie. Um, if you guys want to watch it with me, I'm going to be using these handy dandy uh, post-it notes that look more like miniature legal pads. I don't know why this is what I went to for a post-it note. It's not a sticky note, like it's no sticky on this note. As you guys can see, there's a little like timestamp. You guys want to follow along on the seventh seal. I didn't realize I would have quite this many notes when I started. Before we dive into the film, which I'm going to do next, uh, let's do a little synopsis. Basically, what this film is about is there's a knight and his uh, henchmen. I forgot what they refer to them as in the film. He wakes up on a beach, I believe it's during the Crusades, and uh, he meets death and they struck a bargain. Bargain is if the knight can beat death in the game of chess, then death won't take him, which if you watch the film, you know, like look at death. He's like, OK, nobody's ever beaten me in chess, let alone have they ever beaten me and not died. I was already intrigued. It's a black and white movie. The graphics aren't like, ooh, 2023, all these CGI things that look so real. It's very much as this guy dressed up and we're just calling him death. And the sets are like obviously painted. A lot of times nowadays, I feel like films feel like they have to have all these things to tell a great story. And if you have the capability, sure. But if you don't, as long as you tell that story and you focus in and hone in what your the message you're trying to send, that's really all that matters. Let's get into the film. From 000, which is the beginning, all the way to 411. The film starts off with no dialogue. It's just, it opens on a beach and we're looking around at the scenery where like the waves are crashing. We're hearing everything. And these guys are just moving around trying to figure out what happened. It's never really said in the film why they're on a beach like that. I almost thought maybe that we were already dead. And so this conversation with death is happening in the afterlife, but that's me interpreting something. I could be wrong. I was like, okay, we're just being present in the moment. We're not panicking. We're just like waking up on a beach. And then what happens at five minutes? We run into death um, and that's when the bargain is struck. What I liked with the film is right away, you see this chessboard. It's already set up. So when the knight says to death, if I can beat you in a game of uh, chess, will you let us go? And he's like, okay, we'll see. Uh, I've never lost, but we'll see if you can win. Um, and what I liked about it is in order to beat death, you have to be completely focused on the moment. What move are you on now? And then what moves can you make in the future? But you kind of have to be 100% present because you're not going to defeat death and you're not going to figure out how to change your fate if you're focused on those thoughts like, oh, I don't want to die in the future. So I'm always thinking about death. I don't want to be like thinking constantly about what landed me on this beach because then I'm always like being sad and like worried and like frightened maybe a little bit because you don't know how you got there. And so you stop those thoughts and you move past them because then you're allowed to just hone in on to what is my next step and what is death doing in this moment and what is his next move because that will determine mine. And if I can figure out how he plays, maybe I'll have a chance. Really have to pay attention to each moment as they come because if you miss anything, you're probably out of life, which would extremely suck. At 710, we have a sidekick and the, the sidekick is talking about these evil almonds. And so almonds, I thought were a great way to think about depression. Um, for me, 
depression lives in two states. So whenever I think about the past and I think about all the things that were great, but they're no longer great because they're not happening now. So I have all these happy memories, but I'm, I don't have the means to have happy memories again. So I'm just always depressed because I can get back to this past Cameron who has been in a better place. But because I'm always doing that, I'm never giving myself to, like actual room to look around and see if there is ways I could be happy in the moment. And so that's depression to me. It's like you're always uh, consumed with nostalgic and like past living. Um, that's where that lives for me. And so like Evil Almonds, um, I've related more towards my anxiety because my anxiety when I'm not present and I start thinking too much about the future, especially when I'm starting to worry and I have all these fears that trigger, I described it in therapy and I was like, it's literally like I am a dentist and there's a drill and it's just pressing in on me constantly with thoughts and questions. And it's like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? And instead of actually being helpful with all the, why aren't you doing this? It's actually like pretty much stopping my progress because it's making me realize how bad I am. Um, and like anxiety is another way my depression manifests. And so I, I have to a lot of times be like, there are things that could happen in the future. I acknowledge them. But those thoughts that I'm having about the future and those anxiety-inducing things are going to pester me unless I'm like, okay, let's stop thinking about the future. Let's only take it moment by moment. If these bad case scenarios happen and they manifest, I will deal with it then. But if I don't deal with what's happening now, I will not ever deal with what's happening now. So I will always be living outside of my current self. So you kind of have to really hone in onto those thoughts. It's like, just stay present in this current hour, in this current moment. That was what I was getting from like the, the his night is like, he's like trying to stay present and think of ways that he can learn skills that will my outmaster death while his, his friend is already going away from the current moment and trying to like bring up these things make him fear for his life and like living in fear only keeps you outside of living here you're like only dreading future things you're not like experiencing now and then if we move forward a bit at 8 30 we, we discovered a dead body and the way that the dead person's dressed is kind of reminds me of a similar outlook of the knight and his henchmen um and when I saw it at first, I was like, are they showing us this dead body because it's actually him dead on the beach? Like, that's where I was saying that I, at first, I really thought this might be one of those movies where you're moving through a parallel universe where you think that you're the person's alive when they're really, they're just coming to terms with death. That was something that instantly it was in my mind because of this dead body. And what I liked about the Knight's performance is like his his henchman went right away talking about all these bad things that happened in the war. And so he's wrapped up in his own like anxiety, depression about these past PTSD things instead of like staying present and just being like, what situation can we help this man? If we can't help him, is he even in a state that we could bring him somewhere to find help? And the answer really is no. So they leave him and continue their journey. But like the knight doesn't lose himself in that moment to like fear and anxiety or depression. He just is like, okay, we can't help him. So let's keep in moving on with our journey. The knight's henchman, uh, his talk about woes and future things that could happen that are bad is a great example of somebody who's always thinking of the 
future. So they're not in the moment. They're always looking at their fear and anxiety. So it's always with them. So it's hard to stay present in your mind. And then um, at 1521, we introduced this actor's troupe, which I was like, okay, Anthony, I get it. I'm an actor. I love acting. So of course you think I love this movie because there's a group of actors going around just making their living, you know, doing what they love. And I respect that. I respect the hustle. I respect everything they're doing. Two of them are married. And the other one is just pretty much trying to capture the height of his acting previously. So he's acting, but he's always miserable with what he's doing because he's always thinking about what happened previously. And so that's one thing I love about acting is like mindfulness. If you're an actor, I can say something that I definitely recommend you should have in your life because the best acting I ever did is when you like you pretty much because you know the script, you know the lines, you pretty much have to like know everything 100% and then basically free your mind and your body up to just be present with what's happening in this current moment. And when you are, you can like see these things with new eyes. So when the writing friend is talking about all these great times from the past, he's like basically keeping himself in his own like depression because he's always trying to catch something that you can never catch again. You can recreate it and you can do different things that are similar in the future. If you try always try to catch something that occurred in the past, you're never going to stay in the present. So you're always going to be depressed because you don't have anything from the present to look at. So something in the film that was said great was that 1711, um, the henchman walks in on this church and they're painting this mural. Um, and everything on the mural is like scary, depressive things. And the guy's like, why are all these things such bad things that ha- are happening? And, he sa- and the guy says, well, why try to cheer the people up. Why not scare them with the reality of what death is? And that that was amazing to me because I'm like, we are taught at a young age to be scared of death and to always like dread it and have it in the back of our heads. It's usually what leads us to making better decisions. So we're not as likely to harm ourselves. So we stay alive longer, which in the moment, things that you know can hurt you. Yeah, you want to put serious thought into that, but you don't want to be constantly reminded of death Um, because what happens is eventually you get so scared of going forward or doing any one thing that you're not really allowing the present to happen because you're living in this safe space in your head that keeps you alive but doesn't keep you present and doesn't keep you happy. This movie was made in 1952. It is a great film. I love it. But what happened back then is we turned to fear to get motivated and now it seems more like everyone's like God is this loving being who wants to take care of all of his children. So it's more based on love and happiness. I like that message more because if we're afraid of doing things then is the person you are who you really are or is it the person you're okay showing to the world because you're afraid of consequences so 1953 there's a debate that's going on with what the night and like the people who went at war were doing and how that has affected them mentally and how they like hate that they did this and something that i'm going to tell you guys all especially with practicing mindfulness is you really have to figure out a way to embrace who you are without judging what you did and the reason why i say this is because when you add judgment into mindfulness it makes it impossible to live into the moment because then you're always judging yourself for these decisions that you made it like like this so fast that judging yourself for a decision that was made so fast doesn't really make sense so you want to make sure that you're always being like okay I did this is this something that is with my core values or is it against it and if it's against it you want to figure out how you can change in the future so if the events reoccur you can be better the next time because we're always changing we're always adapting we're always learning and so with mindfulness we have 
have to accept that fact. We're not a glass that's full. We're a glass that's like almost empty that needs to be like constantly replenished with water. So that way we're learning and growing and not just and not just sticking with like what we used to know and like this overfilling cup. We need room to keep growing. And then it's really beautiful when we learn to embrace our faults with compassion because like there are a lot of things that I wish I was better in. For instance, on my website, I wrote an article talking about releasing this episode. It, it was in the works. It was my plan. I had already done this. this. I've had these for a month. And then what happened? My computer wasn't working. My microphone wasn't actually adapting. And it's a podcast mic and it's brilliant with sound. So I'm like, what is happening? I've had all these things. I know these all work with my computer. So I was originally thinking of apologizing for these problems. And I did tell everybody that I was having technical difficulties, but I didn't apologize. And the reason why I didn't is because I didn't know this was going to happen when I made the decision to post that I was going to do it. I only can fix the problem when it happens. And so basically it might have taken a month, but I'm still going through with it. And that means that I had to not judge myself for failing. Because like a lot of times when we fail, we want to judge. You shouldn't judge failure and nor should you look down on it because failure is a great opportunity to learn. And a lot of times because we judge ourselves so harshly with failure, that leads to our depression and our anxiety. Because we're like, I don't want to fail like I did last time. I don't want to be in a situation where I have this much anxiety again. So it puts me back in a place that I was. But if you keep looking at it that way, you're not present in this tiny moment. You kind of have to remain there to be better and to learn like, okay, this is what happened last time and I didn't like it. And it sounds like from everything that's happening in this present moment, we're leading up to that old thing. So we gotta adapt and stay away from that. 2348, we've got we've gone back to death, and death has found him in this church, and he's uh talking to him, and we know that they have another like piece moved from the chessboard. What I liked about this is because you're always aware that this could happen, you kind of have to figure out how to admire the small minute moments. Like what happens in this next second, like me snapping, it seems like nothing. But what if I couldn't snap anymore? It's kind of like you have to like, I don't know, when I started doing this, I was like, you kind of have to re-look through life as a child because you're like, oh, I can do all these things and I've been taking it for granted. What if I, you know, wasn't here tomorrow and I took this thing for granted? Well, that's one thing that I like about mindfulness is like if you take every present moment as a present for the moment, <laughs> little into the woods, like line right there. When I think of mindfulness, for me, how it manifests is there's no questioning. I don't have to think about my life. I don't have to think about all my decisions. It's just me in a room with like silence and nothing coming at me trying to get me to panic or be angry or to be fearful or like I'll think about the million things that I believe I have to do because of expectation that I've been put on myself. Just a room that's quiet and like there for me to contemplate without judgment. And it's great. Like it's really great to look at it that way. And then like again, this friend makes me laugh because his, I guess his role in this movie is basically just listing all the things that has ever wronged him, especially in this war. And I'm like, Okay, so at the time, you don't know how long you're going to live and your life expectancy, your life expectancy wasn't that long. Like it's mostly 50s or like or less in that time period. So he's always thinking about all these things that people did to wrong him or like how his life could have been better. When I was watching it, I was like, why are you looking at it that way? You're alive. You survived what other people have died from. You found this dead body and you're still looking at the ways the world wronged you. Yes, the world wronged you. But if you only look at what was bad and what people did against you, 
then how are you going to find happiness in the moment? Because at the end of the day, those people aren't in your life every day. They're not in your life every moment. You may think of them in those ways they've wronged you, but they're not thinking of you. They have their own problems. So why keep that in your head? Let it go. Just let it go. I wanted to say something because uh, there's a scene where all these people come through the town. In this scene, people are hitting themselves because they're trying to remain grateful for like the sacrifice that was made for their sins. I was just like, remaining present and grateful is a great lesson. But hurting yourself in order to remind yourself to stay present is not a good lesson. I don't like the rubber bands like snap thing people do to undo a bad habit. I feel like that one, I've heard that it can mess with your circulation in your arm. My therapist even advised against like the rubber band thing. Um, in this, they have like those like vines that you whip on someone's back. And I was just like, yes, you want to be grateful for like what you're living through, but you shouldn't have to harm yourself to get there. It's kind of like you have to start to recognize when you're being present. Like a lot of times, like if you're driving, a lot of times people go into autopilot and they're like, oh, I drove home and I felt like I didn't. I just left my job. Usually it's because you drove from the your office to home on autopilot. So it felt like it was nothing because you weren't really there. Like you were there enough not to get in a car accident or hurt somebody, but you weren't there enough to actually like be like, oh, look at all these beautiful trees passing. And oh my gosh, look at that amazing museum of art right there. And is that a statue of Bumblebee in the corner? Like it's, you don't have that kind of momentum happening. It's kind of like autopilot is a way to not give you the amount of happiness that you want because you relax in autopilot, but you don't find joy in it because you're not being present. One of the methods of mindfulness um, is contemplative, uh, contemplative prayer. For anybody who's religious out there, you, it, it is literally praying to God. Sometimes it's just like recognizing nature's power over us or being grateful in the moment. And um, a lot of times uh, this film talks about that and, it, and it's looking more through the lens of religion because they're Christian, but contemplative prayer can manifest in many ways. A lot of times in this movie, they're using the uh, outlook of religion and a lot of times we're brought to it um, like in kind of like a group mentality, kind of like sheep, like we all have to follow a certain way in order to be close to God. And really um, like all like our attachment to God or like our attachment to mindfulness or to our center is all individual based. And so something that when this was happening and like they were using fear to like get people to like be scared, something that I was thinking about when all this was happening is you really can't rely on the other people to be mindful because when you rely on other people that leaves you at the mercy of their judgment. So when they think you're doing well, then you feel like you're doing well. But if you wait for other people to tell you you're doing well, then you're really always questioning. So you're never being like present. You're just always like, am I happy? Or do I think I'm happy until somebody else tells me that I am doing it wrong? And then I'm like, oh man, I'm so I'm such a bad person because I'm not being really good um, mindfully in the present. And that's why when this, this was happening, I was like, only you know what brings you to center. What stops all the voices or all like the depression and anxiety from flaring up. So you just have to find those triggers and figure out what you have to do in order to navigate through them instead of allowing them to close the door on you so you're trapped. Like you want to make sure that you're able to be present and go through every moment no matter what it brings and not like trying to protect yourself too much that you're not actually experiencing. And on that point, the priest at 453, he's in a constant state of fear. Um, And this is because it's during the plague and 
then he's like, well, how do you seek uh, to stay alive? You need God's forgiveness. You need God's protection. So he's always afraid. And like, if you look at him um, at this moment, you can just see the way like this kind of feeling like you're at the mercy of something like eats away at you because like there's a lot of like tension in his face when he's talking. And part of it is because he's trying to like convey and put on a performance for everybody around because he kind of burst in like they all kind of burst into this other event so they can preach about their own stuff. And what they're, when, what they're doing and they're doing all they're doing is negative. I've realized for me, life gets negative um, and you have to get and you have to figure out how to accept that with the positive. Because sometimes I feel like when you're always sad, you're like, I just want to be happy once. And then you just keep waiting around for the thing that you think will make you happy. When really, if you just figure out, OK, so this is the state of my life. And instead of me trying to wait around for happiness to get to me, I need to just have happiness. I was just like, this is messed up because a lot of times when bad things are happening, we're all like trying to like process it. It's so a lot of times we get into like this like crowd mentality and there are things that happen that are really bad that we ignore because we're trying not to like go against the crowd. And then um, another concept in mindfulness is kind of this sense of acceptance. I'm um, at 5438. Uh, there's a line that says one day is like another. There's nothing wrong about that. <sighs> That is a great phrase for mindfulness because a lot of times uh, when we're in the same spot, we feel like we should be changing, we should be different, we should be doing more. And if you notice, I kept saying should. Should statements are the enemy of happiness, just like I am negative statements are also the enemy of happiness. Um, Because those are all judgment statements. So you should be doing something or like this day should have gone better because I was free. You can be better, yes, but you're never going to actually motivate the energy to do something better if you're constantly putting yourself down because that negative energy weighs down on you and makes it harder and harder to do things kind of like you're moving through mud or molasses it gets to be a lot and I just wanted to point that out because I thought it was a great line and there's two lines that are go along similar to this between 5621 and 5704 and it's like we have a sense of great content and then we have an hour of peace life especially last year and the year before when we were going through all this COVID COVID stuff. We're still not out of it, but we're, it's a lot better now. But life can get very bad. And a lot of the times when it's getting really bad, we're so wrapped up in that negative energy that it just feels like there's no hope. We get kind of lethargic um, depression where we're kind of, it's hard to even like move at all. And something that I learned that you had to accept is like, we are going to have bad times as much as we're going to have good times. And without the bad times, you will not know what's good. Because you kind of need that to recognize that this is a moment to hang on to, that this is a moment to move forward with. And so you have to find like peace and knowing that this moment will pass and you will get to happiness at the other end of it. I think it's strong, especially when this film is about chess match between death and the night. Right now you may be winning, but then death might win a few hands and you really don't know what the end result is. And if you lose your pawn and you're just like, oh, this is bad. I just lost a really important piece. It can get really um, intense and bad, but you can get through it. You just have to find the strength to keep going because obviously if you hang on to that one moment you're not gonna be able to come back and win at the end you have to be like okay this is bad but i can do better from this moment and hopefully it'll get better like something that gordon ramsay says that i love he says uh it's not how you start it's how you finish if you're doing terribly at the beginning of an event just keep your trying hardest recover and then as long as you finish strong that's all that matters because it meant that you did everything you could to be better and i like that mentality so 1922 um something that really resonated with me is that we always 
always uh, have this terror, regret, and shame that build up inside of us. And we look outwards for answers. Like if we can find somebody or something that like outweighs the way we're feeling inside, then we'll finally be happy. When really if the way, the key to happiness is looking those emotions when they happen head on and like taking them in stride because then we're not giving them power over us. So that was something that was important that I was, I was noting in that moment is that you can't find an escape hatch. You kind of have to find like the tunnel through the thicket. Something I liked about 12604 is that um basically when we're at war in ourselves, it feels like the storm going on and like we can't control it. It feels like it's outside of us. And then really when it's a storm and it's like too much for our brains to actually use skills to cope with, a lot of times it's hopeless and we feel like we have no way out. When really, sometimes you ha really have to wait for the storm to pass. You have to wait for those emotions to like have their moment and then to slowly like soften. So then you can use these skills that I'm going to be going through of the DBT manual. Um, Because those skills won't help you if it's a storm that's big enough that it outweighs your logical thinking or outweigh, uh, outweighs like any kind of path to work around some emotions. Sometimes you just have to buckle in, like hold on to your like for dear life and just like this moment will pass. And when it does, I will start the work to feel better and get through it. That was something that was really pivotal in this moment because all these characters were kind of battling their way through storm. And really the only thing that's going to decide what happens to them in the end is when they get on the other side of it. So now we're at the end of the film and I'm going to tell you the truth. I am kind of a mixed reaction here because I kind of like the way they were going with this because if anybody's read uh, Harry Potter or like watched the movies because it's the same story of the three brothers where like uh, there's the elder wand, um, the stone, and then the invisibility cloak, which the third brother um, just wears it his entire life. And then when he's ready to pass, he gives it to his son and then meets death with open arms. Um, this entire movie, we're like following this guy, the knight, play chess with death. And we're like, okay, he's, he could possibly win if he could outsmart death. When really um, the whole point of it was really just buying per time so that you are, so you can take the little moments in stride so you can realize how happy what's going on really makes you. We feel like we have all the time in the world that makes it hard to appreciate our current circumstances. And that's what I liked about the end of the film. The knight would recognize that he wasn't going to defeat death. But really, he was only trying to buy enough time to save a family who was traveling with them because he was like, they're young and they deserve more. We have all been like tarnished by war and these bad things that happened to us. Sometimes you just have to hold off death long enough to get to a loved one so you can tell them how much you love them and then be happy with what happens next. Like you're just like, I've done what I wanted. I have had a moment with you, the person I love. Now, even if I win or lose, I am still okay with going with death. I just needed this extra time so I could get there and be happy in every moment because I didn't know how many days it would take. I didn't know how many hours I had. I just wanted to make sure I remained present. And so it was kind of like we accepted death and death didn't become something to fear, but something to embrace. And I like that mentality. Um, and that, you guys, that is The Seventh Seal. That was kind of uh, me walking through that film with you guys. I have a couple more that I'm going to be working through. But uh, today we covered like the first section of the mindfulness um, part of the DBT manual. And this isn't something I'm making up. I'm not making up these details. I am not like a therapist. I simply went to a program and they gave me this manual. And I realized I looked up things that could help 
help me before I got there. And I couldn't find this anywhere. So I was like, well, if I had this and somebody stumbled upon it, who was like needing that help, at least they could watch this and I could show them how I was using it. So hopefully it will help them. Um, so next time we'll dive into another mindfulness tactic. I think there are eight um, sections on mindfulness before we move on to other DBT skills. Covered meditation, I was talking about how meditation is also just about like returning to a center and staying present in the moment and allowing the negativity to balance out with the positivity. So we're always kind of in this place of balance. And then we talked about contemplative prayer, which can be like connecting with nature or it can be like a religion, any religion you have. But it's usually when you're connected to the universe and you recognize this higher power or this power in the universe around us. And so whenever you're questioning, you kind of accept either I can't control this. And if I couldn't, can't control this, I accept that something else better or bigger than me is. And so as long as I'm good with them, I feel comfortable with where I am. That's it for this first episode. Show up with Cameron Grant. I hope you guys liked it. And this is the part where I say bye. Bye. <laughs> Show up with Cameron Grant runs every Monday on 94.1 WFNU Frogtown Radio with music. If you want to listen to his podcast or see the video version of this episode, you can follow at Gran underscore central underscore on all social media, where we post episodes every Wednesday at 5 p.m. without music. Thank you. And as always, as you go throughout the week, don't forget to show up for yourself because you matter.